Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Well, good morning. <laughs> I'm very excited. That's the first time I've ever seen that actually play, and that was very exciting to me. Adorable. <laughs> this is this is a new segment uh, that we're doing here on the Autism Network. I'm Shannon Penrod, mm-hmm. and I'm Moira G. Mateo. Uh, so I'm I'm so thrilled uh, that we're able to do this because I, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours from way back when, Moira. And we're going to talk a little bit about who you are and what you do and and why I've been a huge fan of yours for so long. But back at, uh, when we, when it was Oscar time, you and I kind of got together and decided, came up with this idea that we'd like to do an Oscar show together. And I don't know about you, I had such a good time. It was like my favorite thing that month. It was a highlight for me as well. I had so much fun and we could have gone on for hours. We absolutely could have. And so we just sort of made the the grown-up pants girls decision that, that, and, and enough of you wrote in and said, I really enjoyed that, um, that, you know, the context of it, because both of us, I'm calling myself a pony now, Moira. I don't know if you identify this way, but the words that I use now, I'm a pony. I'm a parent of a neurodiverse individual. Uh, so oh, but, uh, how do you identify yourself? Oh, wow. I guess I wear a lot of hats. Um, but yeah, parent, um, advocate for families. I mean, not professional, just passionate um and uh movie lover all content lover i love all the all the content <laughs> there we go and so we just uh, you know we found that it was interesting our point of view on on films and television it's not just movies because a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is television stuff mm-hmm. as it were um but we thought it would be fun to bring the context that we come from in our lives to talk about these things and We often agree, but very often, I I would say just as often, we don't agree. We don't necessarily love the same things. I'm learning that I, uh, a little bit about what you like uh, through this process. So we'll talk more about that in a second. I do have to do a little bit of housekeeping and let people know that this, we are pre-recording this show on the night before. So, um, but we are live right now on Thursday morning and you guys are watching it. It's premiering right now for the first time and I'm watching in the chat. So I'm available to talk to you and I, you know, 
We'll make that available to Moira if she's available to do that um, when she can, but no, no obligation, Moira. So tell them a little bit about what, what you do and, and maybe how I came to meet you. Right. Well, all things always come back to Taka, the autism community in action. What is an organization I've been involved with for, I guess now it's coming up, it's 22 years um, and uh, volunteering and then working for, and that's parents supporting parents, parents giving information um, on things that you really need to learn because there's such a learning curve with the, uh, when you, your child gets the diagnosis, there's so many things that can be done, but it's so individual to the to the child that you as the parent need to learn your child and then learn all these resources and try to figure out how to navigate them. And so that's how we met, I believe, through, I feel like we met in the virtual world first, like an email list or something. Very um, likely. Yeah, because yeah. that was back in the day before young youngsters, before uh, Facebook and Instagram, we were on these uh, Yahoo groups and that's how a lot of us met and you know learned about things everybody was trying this try that oh this is you know this is your legal rights I mean those things were really important because I did not understand the IEP process until I talked to other parents and there we you know. go well and I didn't understand anything until I talked to other parents but I especially I was really dragging my feet late to the party biomedically um and 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 I was already hosting a radio show about autism and not I always say that I wasn't doing anything biomedically, although I was hard in on the diet, you right. know, um, but I always didn't count that as biomedical. I don't know why in my head that wasn't biomedical, but I, it is, but I wasn't counting it. But I, whenever I would ask questions about supplements or methyl B12 shots or whatever it was I was thinking about doing it, I, I would always have all these long questions and everyone would always say, you know, you got to gotta go to Taka. And they would say that I either needed to talk to Lisa Ackerman or to you. Oh. And, and then, then, you know, we ended up, when I started doing um, Autism Live, we ended up having you and your husband, I think, on as guests because you were doing these amazing seminars mm -hmm. about how to, you know, run autism like a business mm -hmm. through your marriage and stay together, which I got to tell you, we're celebrating 20 years together this year. And I think you get a little bit of credit, if not a lot of credit for that, um, you and your husband. So, yeah, we just hated hearing about the difficulties that people were struggling with. Cause I'm like, no, no, you've got this common goal that you're working towards. And I think the hard part is how people deal with, with, uh, I, you know, it is, it's a change of expectations. So you have this expectation when you have a kid, and then it's all kind of a clean slate now, and you don't know what the expectations are, and they vary because autism is a spectrum. So that I think is the hardest thing to navigate and as a couple because you're dealing with your own emotions. So, and we're not really experts except that I always say I just picked the right guy. I mean, I looked out, you know. <laughs> but, but it's I, you know, and I feel like I picked the right guy too. But it's still some work. Yeah, uh, I never, is. no one ever told me, oh, you know, you're going to do a marriage and it's going to be some work on a regular basis, because if you're not working on it, then, you know, it, it's like anything, it falls apart. Right. But, um, but yes, it certainly helps to be married to the right person out, mm -hmm. out the door because that yeah. makes, then you got somebody to work on it with you that you enjoy. Right. And that, and that I count myself lucky because I know people who thought they had that and they didn't have that. Right. So well, it's a, it's, it's a challenge to a marriage, definitely. And it's something that, you know, you know, you, you just try, you, you know, bob and weave and try to do what you can, but you know, so with talk, I've been, uh, doing their, um, I do their database. I'm a, the, the data gal, and we also have a scholarship program that I help, uh, manage and put things towards the review committee to review. And, um, we have a fabulous conference coming up. We yes. are going to be back in person in Orange County. It's going to be October 14th through the 16th. And um, exciting thing is we've got an early bird price. The registration is going to open June 28th and one day only early bird price of $60. And $60. It is wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And they're all covering all sorts of things. We've got 
everything from you've been newly diagnosed and you need to learn everything in, in a beginner's level to my kid is uh, turning 22 and I need to figure out what to do now that the school bus is going to stop coming. You know, so um, that's going to be fantastic. We have this um, app called Taka Connect that we'll be utilizing during the conference. And it's a really cool interactive way. We used it for our last um, virtual conference. Very cool. And we're using it going forward for some meetings that we're doing during the year virtually because virtual is here to stay. And we're loving it because we're reaching people that we wouldn't normally have been able to reach. And um, we will be recording the lectures and those will be available to the people that registered and then they'll be available at a later date for purchase for if you can't make it. So $60 for an in-person conference for three days. Are you kidding me? That uh, That's an unheard of price. That's a real price, but you only get, yeah, yeah. It'll go up but for one day. You can pre-order it's $60. So yeah. that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And so that date again is the 29th, 28th. The 28th of June, yeah, we're launching the registration on the 28th of June, and um, it's going to be a neat uh, idea. We're going to have these take action sessions with parent panels so that you can learn a couple of sessions and then go to a take action session and maybe help get strategy. We want you to walk away with with a plan, you know, of what your next steps are. So it's fabulous. We got uh, information's up on the website and, you know, stay tuned. It'll be super fun. <laughs> uh, super, super fun. And for those of you who don't know, if you're like, oh, I don't, I don't really know where that is. It's, it's Disneyland adjacent. Yep. Costa so, Mesa. Yeah. The Hilton in Costa Mesa. Mm -hmm. So you uh, absolutely could come out and, and be at the conference and then stick around for a day or come a day early and go to Disneyland. It's that close, mm -hmm. uh, which is a wonderful, wonderful time. But I, I can't stress enough. We're all sort of seeing you know, you pick and you choose what you go to in terms of big events now. Um, but when you go to events, there is something that happens where you just feel connected again and there's no better place to to break if you've been in isolation and are only going one place. I, I highly recommend that you go to a talker conference. You, yeah. I always say it recharges you. It's like plugging in, your batteries get recharged and then you then you can go again. Yeah. gives you so much inspiration. It's so. Exactly. It really, that's exactly a great way to describe it. It completely inspires and recharges you to move forward again. Cause I think, so, we, you know, need that. Absolutely. We all need that. What's the website that they need to go to? I um, think we, we actually have the long one here. Yeah. That Traven has and it has a pull down and it's just the talkanow.org. That's our website. And all the information is up there. And, um, uh, you'll be, we'll hopefully be posting the schedule soon. Cause I know that's another thing people like to see, but you'll be able to see the topics that we're definitely going to be covering. And that, that can at least help you decide if it's something you're interested in. And there will be scholarships for registration available. So if it's too much, I get it because you know, we're, we've got, you know, you got to have the accommodation if you don't live close by and all that kind of stuff we do have scholarships available for registration. So don't be shy. <laughs> okay. All right. But if you can afford the $60, pay the $60 on the 28th, which is I believe a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And we'll try to remember to tell you guys uh, when that date pops up to do that. Okay. Uh, so that's every time that we meet with Moira, we're going to make sure that we share with you any talk of business, any news that's anything that's vital and important, but then we're going to sort of switch gears and we're going to talk about things that we're watching film and TV. And uh, hopefully every time we do this, we're going to pick one thing that we both have watched mm -hmm. that you can get the feel of how we both felt about it. So if memory serves for this month, the agreed upon thing that we would both watch uh, was Stranger Things season part one of season four. Uh, this is this is not uh, yet what we're watching, but we're close. Uh, mm -hmm. We did watch this. Yeah. Um, so to, I, I can't wait to hear from you because I know in just what you were talking about, that you were excited to see that you've had, you've had at least partially a different experience than me. So what did you think, Moira? I, you know, I did ultimately enjoy it. I felt like it, um, 
I felt like, boy, you could see they got a bigger budget, you know, for sure. And that was all on the screen. It was a lot more violent than I thought it would be. It was a little bit creepy. The things that would happen to people, I was like, oh, you know, and I'm usually not that squeamish. Um, I felt like, I felt like the um, separating the group was, was necessary, but it was also one of the challenges because I think there were people I was more I was more interested in being in Hawkins than I was anywhere else I was really liking that group of kids and them pulling together and of course my I, Steve and Robin are my favorites I just love them um so and I felt like um the group of Mike and Will and Jonathan seemed to be a little bit slower on the uptake of what they were doing and um I don't know maybe it was a contact high from Argyle the pizza guy I don't know but uh, but that one seemed a little bit slower and I I um I felt like everything 11 had to go through was um tough but also maybe a little repetitive and I was kind of like speed this up but boy those last two episodes roller coaster Ooh, roller yeah. And I am I am thrilled with the popularity of Kate Bush um, running up that hill. She's one of my faves. I remember her from SNL back in the 70s. So I was like, hey, you know, Kate Bush. And, and she's been rediscovered by a whole new generation. And I love that. Um, let me think, what else? Uh, um, some stuff, some people were a little bit cardboard cutout people, like uh, the mean girl in Eleven's high school and then the the jock that was going to get everybody to get a pitchfork kind of to go after the, the creepy guy. But, um, but I felt like it was, it was a good sort of foreshadowing of that satanic panic of the nineties where anybody wearing dark clothing was, you know, a troubled kid that's probably worshiping the devil. So I kind of like the cultural references as, you know, I mean, they're spot on with that. And it reminded me of um, Stephen King, and the slasher movies, you know, some of the, like the Freddy and Jason, you know, kind of stuff. But I, I did not know they had split the season into two parts. So I was a little bit crushed. That I was like, it's not done, you know, so, because I wanted to see what happened. But it left us on an amazing cliffhanger. So now, uh, yeah. So how about you? I know you were a huge fan. Yeah, I love Stranger Things. And I, I didn't. I wasn't as much in love with season two or three. I loved season one. I got to say, I loved season four for all the wrong reasons. Just going to admit that, but I did. I loved all of it. I too did not know that it was a part one and part two mm -hmm. thing. So we, my son, we always watch as a family and my son is sort of metering for us. He's like, there's this many episodes. We have this much left. And, and we'll sit there and we'll go, is it a two episode night or is it one episode night where we're trying to figure out and those last two episodes were extra episodes. One of them was really almost two hours long. Almost two hours, and, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we weren't necessarily prepared for that. At a certain point, we were like, it's bedtime. And, and then we like stopped to see where we were. And we're like, wait a second, what's happening here? And then, and then it was, well, this is it. So we're not going to stop now. This is the end of the season. We've got to make it to the end. And, and we got about 10 minutes out. And I went, I, this doesn't feel like we're going to get to uh finish they're not gonna be able to wrap it up yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then when when they were like when it was over we were like that's it we have to wait and we because it was so late at night we turned it off to go to bed and the next morning a friend said no no no, no there's a part two in joy i thought we were waiting two years again and i was just a toots right um <laughs> but i but knowing that i only had to wait till july i really want to slap Everyone in the entertainment industry who thinks this part one and part two of a season thing is helping anyone, it it's just annoying is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know what kind of evil mind control they're trying to take of all of us who like to binge things, but enough already. Right. It, it, it's really a big turnoff. So I'm going to say that. But I enjoyed the the season. I thought it was much gorier then we thought, I don't want to give any spoiler alerts, but there was something that happened fairly early on that we had a ginormous argument in our family because I said, no, no, that is not, no. And and everybody was, I, I was even arguing. I was like, you saw it wrong, you know, whatever. And, and anyway, things get revealed. I'm not, I don't want to give too much away, but as always, I was right. And <laughs> so... Uh, 
So you'll figure it out for yourselves. I don't want to tell too much, but, but I, but I was a little bit upset in the beginning because I thought, oh, this isn't going to be what I think it is. If this is what I think it is, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was well worth the wait. I I thought um, that there was a lot of, you know, you were saying cardboard characters. I felt that they referenced Scooby-Doo a lot, that there were people who were drawn in a specific way. And I chose to embrace that because of the, the genre. So I was pretty okay with it. I have to admit to you though, Moira, I am Kate Bush illiterate. Oh. I had never heard the song before. Didn't re I? You said SNL, and I'm like, she was on SNL. I don't know anything about Kate Bush. I, I like, I understand that it's a big thing now, and her song is number one. I so I didn't know any of that, but I did love, 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 love as always some of the messages that are embedded in this wonky Scooby Doo thing about you know when you're feeling something and you especially for teens, but for everyone, that it's okay to talk about it and that there are people there, even mm. when you think there aren't, that you can talk about things. I super love how friends show up for friends on this show. And I love what we're, you know, for the, for the older teens that are watching it, love that message. I would not show season four to somebody that was not an older teen. And I would be concerned if it's somebody who has a problem with watching violence and gore, yeah. because there's some violence and gore, especially in light of some of the things that have been happening in the world. I yeah. they play a disclaimer before the first episode and say, Hey, you know, this was filmed and conceived before, but in light of recent events, this might be triggering. And I, I found it to be very much so triggering me, an adult. So I have a friend who said the exact same thing, you know, and I, I was, I, it was disturbing imagery, but, um, I just didn't make that connection. I don't know if I missed the warning. I, for some reason, my mind didn't go there, but, um, I thought, Ooh, this is going to be a little, a little bit more bloody you know than than we've seen before with you not for not for a youngster you know yeah. yeah yeah if you've got kiddos who are disturbed even if they're older kiddos if they're disturbed by that i would say give this one a pass mm -hmm. um but if you are capable of it if your kids are capable of it i have to say i really grooved on it i found recently that my attention span is like three less than celery and I don't know why. I don't know whether it's where I am in life or my age or hormonally or coming out of being in isolation and there's too many things going on. But it, I, I'm finding that there are some programs that just do not grab me. But this did. Yeah. This absolutely grabbed me. So wonderful. So there, there you've got it. Season four of Stranger Things. So now it is time, Moira for a new segment that we're doing and we're going to start with you for this. And we're going to ask you the pivotal question. What are you watching? There it is. Mm, there we go. All right. Well, I actually just finished under the banner of heaven, which was, uh, I did not realize it was actually based on a real true crime. I, I, you probably tell from some of the things I've posted before. I'm a true crime person. I'm interested in it. I've watched a lot of documentaries, of Dateline, all that kind of stuff, but I was not familiar with this story. It was, Andrew Garfield was perfectly cast, perfectly cast, because it's basically, he plays a, it takes place in the 80s, and he plays a detective, and he's in Utah, and he's Mormon, and there is a gruesome murder that happens, and as he's investigating this case, it, he's sort of questioning his faith. And um, the whole thing was very much showing, and, and I don't know a lot about the Mormon faith. And I actually just read an article where there are some Mormon folk that are not very happy with some of the depictions. So I, you know, I respect that. But what I saw was extreme beliefs and sincere beliefs and everything in between. And that was kind of the thing I thought was interesting about it to watch him be such a kind and gentle and loving father and husband and son. And, you know, and the faith that he has with this church really sustains him. But then there's a point where he's really questioning and it, it, I found it powerful. And, um, it's, it's, uh, 
you know, if you're into true crime, it's a little, it, it kind of goes off the rails a little bit with the extremism, but I think that's, to me, they were just showing, look how crazy these people are, this, this group of people that was not good people. So, you know, that was okay. But um, then we also, the other thing on the other side of the spectrum was um, hacks, which I don't know if you watched that. That's on HBO Max, I think. I saw um, season one, but I haven't seen season two, so I'm oh, dying to hear what you say. Fabulous. I love, Jean Smart can do no wrong. She is incredible. The young gal, Hannah, oh, I've forgotten her last name. The gal that plays opposite oh, her. I can't look at her, she's great. Yeah, she is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, you can see her there. And um, she, uh, the two of them together have such a great relationship. And, um, and it's prickly. It's not like warm and fuzzy, it's prickly. And, they're, and I love watching how they work through the comedy to get to the good punchline. And that prog process was so great. And uh, sometimes when they write about comedians, they're not very funny. When you see it, you're like, oh, like, I don't know. I love Tom Hanks, but punchline was not funny. Um, you know, the, the actual uh, uh, comedy bits, but this is. And so that was really enjoyable. So yeah, I highly recommend that. And then of course you see the Shining Girls, which like Elizabeth Moss, I'll watch her read the phone book i mean she's just incredible and it's a weird um series it takes you a little while to figure out what's going on and um i never knew jamie bell could be so threatening you know <laughs> he's like it's so he's creepy but it's very and you have to pay attention but it rewards you for paying attention and i like a i like a show like that um and then absolute delight was our flag means death that was just for, um, it's, it's, uh, about a gentleman pirate and he's just lovely and delightful and very warm and fuzzy. And there's all these, um, issues of, of, uh, gender identity, sexual attraction, but it's all done so sweet, you know, so sweetly and warmly and, and, and inclusive. It's fabulous. And Taika Waititi with a beard, I'm all for it, you know, so... <laughs> So that one's a good one. And um, yeah, and delightful, lighthearted, you know, so I, I, I needed that, you know, we need a little lighthearted. When you watch the true crime, you got to find the comedy. <laughs> I love this, Moira, because I had not seen any of the four. Hacks is on my list. Shining Girls was on my list. I've seen about a minute and a half of Taika, Taika I can't even say his name, Watiti, in the, in the Blackbeard thing and went, oh, we're going to have to watch that. <laughs> And I had not heard of Banner of Heaven, but I heard them on the Tonys the other day say that uh, Andrew Garfield's new show is amazing. I didn't know what that's, that was, but you know, I used to teach at BYU. I know, I know some LDS folks, so oh. I, I'm sure I will find that very fascinating. Well, I think uh, and there's an article in the Atlantic that I just read by a, a gentleman who is a Mormon and he talked about what his problems were with it. And I thought, oh, well, that wouldn't have, that didn't track with me because I don't know. And I kind of felt like, like I said, like he's, he's got, um, he's showing you the sincerity and the, you know, and I thought that was fine. And then you see the extreme, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. I'm, I'm watching all of these. And if we have time later, I'll tell you my most recent Gene Smart story. Uh, but okay. So these are the ones that you're, you've been watching and that you love. So I absolutely love this. But uh, now we're going to talk about things that you're watching that you didn't necessarily love. Yeah, the things I'm watching and not loving, um, I was watching a documentary called Bad Vegan, and it's um, about this woman who was kind of taken to the cleaners by this con man. And I, I feel bad for her, but then part of me is like, you know, it's just, it's frustrating. <laughs> um, and uh, and I, I haven't been able to finish it. Cause I, I just was like, oh, you know, I'm watching her go further and further down the rabbit hole with this guy. And I'm just like, oh, you know, so it's, it's not a relaxing watch. So I think I might just let it lie. Um, Murderville, I love the idea of it. And I love Will Arnett. Um, but I just kind of, it, the whole premise is that it's you, uh, the celebrity guest walks into a murder scene and has to figure out who did it. 
and it's uh, they have no information in Will Arnett. It's scripted for him, but not for them. You know, so he they're having to improv to guess. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. But somehow it just sort of didn't land. So I might give that one another chance. And then I just watched Effie Gray and um, Dakota Fanning and um, the fabulous Emma Thompson. It was great, but it was kind of, I don't know, it kind of, you know, it was like, eh. and I love a period costume piece. And, but it just, it, it just didn't, uh, I don't know. It was, it didn't get there. But it laid one. there? Yeah, yeah. Go there, there. <laughs> I had never, I had not even heard of Effie Gray. I, Bad Vegan was on my list. And we've watched a couple of episodes of Murderville. And I, I, we felt the same thing. We were like, what a fantastic idea. And for whatever reason, it just didn't, didn't, it didn't land. land, as you said. Amazing. Okay, and then our last category, Moira, is what really either stopped watching, gave up on, or flat out hated. I'm calling this the no category. No category. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, you and I agree on this, I believe. It's um, senior year, um, which I love Rebel Wilson. I thought, oh, this will be fun. And it was not. And I was like, oh, no. And I... I just sort of gave up, I think maybe 20 minutes in. I don't know. I just thought, okay, I'm done. And then <laughs> I, I watched pieces of her because Tony Collette and um, the first episode was fantastic. And you think, oh, wow, it's going to be about this woman who has all the, who has a secret life. And it's true. She does, but it's not that very interesting. Her secret life when it's revealed. But again, <laughs> Tony Collette, I watched all of it because I love Tony Collette. And then um, The Shrink Next Door, I listened to the podcast for that. And so I was excited to see this, but it was hard to watch and I stopped watching it because the podcast was told in reverse. Like you kind of know how things end and then you kind of hear where it came from. This is told forward. So you're just watching things get really, 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 really bad. And Paul Rudd is so sweet, but he's so horrible to Will Smith, that I'm, I'm Will Farrell, sorry, Will Farrell, that I was just like, I can't watch this, you know, I can't yeah. watch you be mean to him, you know, and uh, uh, again, a kind of a con man thing, and, you know, yeah, maybe I don't like con men. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we started watching that too, because I mean, Paul Rudd, Will Farrell, how can you possibly go wrong? And yet they did, they do. We gave up, I think, after two episodes, um, and I I managed to tough it out through senior year, but I, I was by myself finishing it because everyone else had left, and probably because out of some false sense of, uh, you know, I, I, I love a fat girl who loses weight, and a lot of times people don't like that, and I was like, I'm going to, you know. Want to yeah, because there's yeah. this attitude, like, you're not funny unless you're still heavy which i think is silly you know but the joke is is so paper thin on which the whole thing is told I, i'm going to talk about that in a second okay so uh if it's okay now it's my turn to talk about what do you what? watch it <laughs> i didn't know if we were going to play that graphic again uh okay so i gotta get my list out here so the things that i'm watching and loving and some of these have some asterisks after them uh but Talk about those uh, to doing a season in two parts. We're watching season six of Outlander and we've, we've finished part one of it. We're waiting for part two. I must say that the first, I, I think there's eight episodes maybe of it. And the first, I, I would say solid four or five, we kept scratching our heads and going, is anything going to happen? It, it feels like they had a real slow coming out of COVID and they were, it was exposition again and they were re-litigating things and we were like, come on, what's going to happen? And and I was just about to say, maybe we're done with this. And then they did their Outlander thing that they do so well. And we were on the edge of the couch screaming and yelling and can't wait for when part two comes out. It was really good. But the first couple of ep episodes, they weren't bad. Um, they it just not a lot happened. It was like what if you had to describe what happened in that episode, it felt like well we're baking pies, you know. And I'm willing to watch uh, Sam Hugan bake pies. Let's be honest. Um, but the the last three episodes, whoo nail biters. Um, also on this list, I I've been talking to everybody about hustle. 
because mm-hmm. I am just as gobsmacked. I hadn't heard about it beforehand. I am not a basketball fan. I don't watch basketball. I don't know basketball stars. I'm not interested in basketball. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I was so surprised at how much I loved it. I thought it was so well done. I, I, have been a big fan of Adam Sandler since he decided to come out with being a serious actor. And, and he has time and time again and shown that he's a thinking man's actor. I, I, you mentioned Tom Hanks before. I love Tom Hanks. I really, I'm going to say this and people are going to go, what Shannon? But I really think that uh, Adam Sandler is in the same category. Somebody that you can trust and that's going to deliver and that it's, thought provoking and he's he's not going to take you on a manipulative thing just to do whatever it's good storytelling and he produced this film with lebron james and I, unbeknownst to me i didn't know this till after the movie was over half the people in it are real nba stars so if you like basketball i think you would get a supercharge from that but i just loved the storytelling I loved the characters. I'm going to say that I didn't necessarily feel that the women characters had enough time or somebody painting them with anything other than that cardboard brush you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm still, and normally I'm real fussy about that. I still loved it. It was good storytelling. I think it's a great, great film. I encourage people to watch it. Also on my list of things that I loved that I've already talked about here on the show, I loved Love on the Spectrum, the U.S. version. Um, I could watch that till the cows come home and never get tired of it. We are we are done watching part one of the final season of Better Call Saul. I stand by the fact that I've said this before. I think it's the best show ever on television. And I am like so mad that they're making us wait till July to see part two, but it's just so good. It's so well done. I think it's some of the best writing, some of the best scripting. I didn't. I never wanted to watch Breaking Bad. I, I vowed I was never going to watch it because of the content. And then I got talked into it during the pandemic. And, and then we went right into Better Call Saul. I think it's just so much better than Breaking Bad. And they are not disappointing in this final season. It, I, I, my head's going to pop when they finally get to the end. And then you can't really tell, but the picture in the middle is my fave, David Letterman. If if you have not watched his most recent season of My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman, I, I'm just urging everybody to stop what you're doing and go watch it. There are so many amazing guests that are in it, but his episode, and it's well worth it to watch every single one of them, but his episode with Will Smith which was filmed entirely before the Oscars. And yet you watch it and you think this is a thesis on how the Oscars, the incident happened. It, it like, honestly, it was the therapy that I needed to understand why it happened. Cause I love Will Smith so much. Mm-hmm. And I was so devastated by seeing what I saw and thinking, this is not the person that I know. And yet David Letterman takes you there on a journey with him. I think it's what our nation needs. I think David Letterman is what what we all need. So I'm urging everybody, if nothing else, go and watch that episode. I think it's life-changing. All right. I will. So, it's on my list for sure, that one. And I just started Love on the Spectrum and uh, recognized one of the people as one uh, a, a gal that Vico was friends with when they went to school together. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Fabulous. Yes. Are, did you watch uh, any of the Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? Is that at all you? We watched the first season of Breaking Bad and I I liked it, but it also, I think we kind of felt like, oh, you know, do we want to watch this guy go through all this? And I kind of felt like, and I think at the time, it depends on your mood, you know, but I've heard it, people have said, hands down, it's one of the best things ever. And I've heard great things about Better Call Saul. So part of me is like, oh, I maybe need to give this another another chance at some point. Outlander, I actually seen the first and I think the second season. Um, and I had read three of the books. Me too. Um, so I was excited to see it come to, to screen. And I I with the books I kind of gave up when I started book four. I gave up. So I can see where, when you're saying it's a little slow, I, I don't know where they are in telling the story, but 
Yeah, sometimes it seems like a long time. And also, I don't know, I love them together. They have great chemistry. So I, I don't mind watching them, you know, interact. And, um, but yeah, and uh, it, uh, it's, uh, I think, I think the later books got a little bit, a little bit slow. And I think, I think she finally wrapped it up the series. I'm not sure, but, uh, but yeah. I'm not sure like, either, but I had left, I'd given up on the books largely because they were, you know, I mean, they were doorstops. They were 1200, 1300 pages. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I got a life and I couldn't manage reading her books and having my life. You know? <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, it was a lot, but, um, yeah, I didn't start watching Outlander now the series until the pandemic too, because who had that kind of time? But I'm hooked right now. So. No. Yeah, uh, no anyway, okay, and so. had, had you heard of Hustle? I had not. I'm. I got to admit, I'm not a big Adam Sandler fan, but I have liked him when he has done just straight up acting. Um, so I agree with you. I think he's a talented guy. I just think sometimes I, you know, I don't know, his comedies are just not my cup of tea. So I think I, I haven't really taken a chance. So maybe I need to take a chance. On yeah. I can't movie. watch Waterboy. I can't watch any of that. Yeah, um, but, but, but this Adam Sandler, I'll take every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Okay. Moving on to the things that I'm watching that I don't necessarily love, although I'm continuing to watch. Um, on, on the list here was senior year because I, I made it through it. Although I found myself doing other things while I was watching it. So I don't know that that even counts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I don't know if you're at all watching the boys. Ooh, it's season three of the boys. And I got to tell you, uh, while there are, there are some stuff that's just so funny and so witty in it. It's like a group of people sat down and said, how, horribly obnoxiously wrong graphic violent you know ridiculousness like how far could we push the envelope to see how offensive could we possibly be mm-hmm. and i think it's very aptly named the boys because it's it's very much that you know sophomoric humor kind of thing we we, we sort of enjoyed the first two seasons and i'm watching the third season i don't know if i'm going to make it through it it is so over the top violent Mm. that it that it becomes funny and i'm not i'm not really somebody who likes to laugh at violence mm. um but it is like don't take your children anywhere near it this is right. as graphic and horrible and oh and and the sexual humor in it it is just as wrong as it can be if you like mm. wrong check it out <laughs> um and but traven says but the plot is amazing and there's some really am- amazing writing, which is why I've hung in to season three, right. Raven. Yeah, we uh, had started watching that, and I think we got through season one. And I don't know, we lost momentum, and sometimes it's hard to like, go back, you know. So I think that tells me something, too, you know. But oh, I did it's... like it, and I love Carl Urban. I love him. So Yeah. Well, they upped the ante in season three, and believe me, if there are things that you can't unsee after seeing it, so watch yourself on that. And then the last one, and I'm really going to tick some people off here that I I didn't I, I we watched all of it and I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. Was Pachinko, and we had people who were telling us that it was the most amazing thing ever. Now, I think cinematography wise, yes, it's stunningly beautiful. Um, and I think it's got an, a really important message, but one of my big gripes, and we'll talk about this with the next category is this time jump thing that everybody wants to do now, ever since, uh, this is us, everybody wants to time jump and show you something instead of telling a story in a linear way. It's, it's a choice, but everybody's all about it right now. And, and they're not kind. They don't give you something. There's not a lower third that tells you. Uh, or, you know, this is who these people are in relation to them. So we spent most of the series going, wait a second, is that her in 1984 or is that somebody else? I needed a flow chart. It, I found it very, um, it was like they made it hard for us to access it. It ticked me off mm-hmm. and that will make people genuinely angry. But that was me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, not seen that. Yeah, that was not on my list, but uh, I will. Everybody's have- talking about everybody's talking about and then then moving on to the category of things that i either stopped watching or that i full-on hated my no category um that i'm really gonna lose some friends here 
But the most the most recent one that I, I've been talking about is Interceptor. What a giant steaming pile of food this movie is. It's, you know, and it's it's so bad that it's not even remarkably bad. It's just mm. bad. Mm. It's just like, if you're gonna, I love to be told a story, tell me a story anytime. And I'll, I'll go with you. I'll forgive you all kinds of sins if you just tell me a story and if I can follow the story, right? No, not this one. And they stole, told the story. I mean, they time jumped a couple of times, but it was just bad. The dialogue was bad. It was poorly written. It was poorly directed. There were all kinds of things that it was like, really? Do you really expect that we're going to believe that? It was just, and at one point, my son was like, this is just unrelentingly bad. How did they get a budget to do this? And then, of course, we realized that the leading lady is married to the actor that plays Thor. And that that's how they got it produced. And they've already got a deal for a sequel. And I'm like, don't bother. Yes. It was just bad. So that was Interceptor. It's on Netflix right now. I've only watched the first episode of Lincoln Lawyer. And every, I was at a thing the other night. And everybody was like, isn't it the best thing ever? Isn't it the most? Aren't you at the edge of your seat? And I said, eh. I couldn't, I gave up after the first episode and they were like, Shannon. So I might have to go back and take another look at it. But I, again, I was so frustrated because at the end of the episode, I was like, I, who is who? I know he was married three times, but I don't know who this person is. I couldn't figure out the relationships. We were in the past. We were in the future. We were, I just want to go, just tell me what I need to know and don't make it so hard for me. So that's how I felt about Lincoln Lawyer. Mm. And then Severance was the, the Mac daddy of offenses in terms of this, because not only do I have to keep time jumps, but I have to keep track of, are you the real you or are you the worker be you? And I, after two episodes, maybe three episodes, I went, thank you. I'm out. <laughs> uh, and I know people who loved it, but I was I like, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I did. I loved it. I did not see interceptor. And I did my, my mother-in-law loves Lincoln lawyer. So I might give that a try, but severance. I liked, um, it was high concept. It honestly, a little, a little derivative. Cause it was a little bit eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. And, you know, but I, I, I was there for it, but yeah, I could see where it could leave some folks cold. It's, it's odd. It's an odd. Show. I just couldn't, I, I just couldn't find like, there's that show on right now that I really, really liked about, it's called Ordinary Joe. And it's about, oh, yeah. uh huh. we watched three, that. Yes. three uh -huh. different timelines. And so it's this, this guy who we're seeing that at different points in his life, he made choices and what those choices led to. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit of a task to keep track of, okay, wait a second. Where are we in this timeline and who is who in this timeline and so on and so forth? No, it is color-coded if you pay attention. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. They help you out that one of them, it's always red in the background, one it's blue in the background, and one it's green in the background. So that you can kind of keep track and go, right, this is the timeline where this happens. Okay. I'm, but I literally have to stop for a second and go, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Why can't they? Oh, right. Because she's married to so-and-so in this one. You know, you, it, it's a little bit of work. And I think when you're a screenwriter, you have to be cognizant of how much work are you having your audience do to be able to access your storytelling. Right. And right. for severance, I just got to the point and because everyone is doing it, I have no patience right now. And for severance, I just went, no, no, you've jumped the shark the last time with this viewer. Peace out. I think my husband is still watching it, but I also have to admit that the lead actor is uh, like, I don't dislike him, but I've never been a huge fan. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch Parks and Rec. I didn't, you know, so I, I don't have that rapport with him. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a couple of minutes. I want to know what are you looking forward to watching next? Oh, yes. Um, they, uh, oh, I forgot the name of it. It's a, it's a new show with the um, actor that was in um, Reser Reservation Dogs. He's a Native American actor. I think it's called Dark. Oh, darn it. It's another crime thing. Um, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Like Dark uh, Dark Winds. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And um, yes. And that uh, uh, looks really interesting to me. 
I like him a lot and you know I really loved reservation dogs so you know we'll we'll take a look at that um I do want to see the new Jurassic Park movie you know I'm 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 a fan of the franchise and it is something that we all enjoy as a family and it's hard sometimes to find something that everybody enjoys um, how about you? What are you looking forward to? Well, you know what we actually ended up watching last night, so I didn't have it on the list, but it had been on my list for the longest time. I wanted to see everything, everywhere, all at the same time. How was that? Well, it was a lot. Let me just tell you this. Like you, we were going to go see it in the movie theater last week and two things happened. Every once in a while, I have some Meniere's and so I get like dizzy spells and I was having a dizzy spell on the day of, and my husband said, we absolutely can't see that movie because from what everybody has said, that it like has the ability to make you car sick. Right. And I said, no, no, no. And, and he said, besides which it's coming out so that you can watch it from home on demand. It is $20, but you know, we paid the $20 last night. I love that. Make them all on demand if you could ask me. I'm with and, you. Right? And although my husband likes the bigger screen, but you know, whatever. Um, I liked being able to control and pause and get up and go to the bathroom and discuss and so on and so forth. So, which is cheating, I know. But anyway, um, it was a lot. And I think it's a brilliant movie. I think it's the kind of movie that is going to change the playscape again. And I was saying to my son, you know, he just took a, a an appreciation of film class in his freshman year of college. And I said, you wait two years, they're going to be showing that movie as part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the same way that uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was something that he had to watch. But this this goes a place that I've never seen a film go. And I I said, man, you know, it's so creative. It just, it moves so fast that it's the kind of the movie that you that probably you need to watch three or four times before you even begin to get the level it's it's sort of like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind beats um what is what's the movie? I just had it in my head, starts with an I, where where they have to like, Inception. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you took those two movies together and they had a baby with people who write comedy. Um so, so there's some really amazing stuff. Uh Jamie Lee Curtis is absolutely the funniest thing I've ever seen history of mankind and if she doesn't get nominated for an oscar something is horribly horribly wrong mm-hmm. um but the other the woman and of course it's terrible that i cannot think what her name is who plays the lead role Michelle yo i love uh, her. She, I, I you know i i think i can't imagine that somebody's going to do better than her for best actress well funnily enough that was written for jackie chan and um he i could believe that on it and she and I'm so glad because I think it's nice to see you know a female uh, I mean I don't you know she looks like she's doing a lot of action stuff she certainly has the ability from that that background and um I just love her so I'm that's on my list that's absolutely yeah I'd forgotten about that and the googly eyes I want to figure out what what's that oh my gosh there are so (laughs) many things sort of like you know for the boys where I said they they just kept trying to one-up themselves and I really do feel like there's a group of men sitting around writing the boys going okay what could we do that is the most offensive thing what could we do that would be the most shocking I really feel like that's what they're going for whereas I feel like it's the complete and polar opposite with everything everywhere all at the same time where they were writing it and going, we are not going to hold ourselves to any boundaries. Mm-hmm. Everything is fair game. If we want to take a sharp left turn here, we're going to, and we don't care if the audience goes with us or not. So it's absolutely brilliant, but I will say it was too much for me. Oh, okay. It was too well, much for me. I, 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 I would, I would like, you know what it felt like? It felt like a fever dream. And you know how in a fever dream where stuff happens and none of it makes sense, but while you're in the dream, it sort of makes sense. And then you wake up and you're like, you mm-hmm. can't quite get a Why was it that this was happening? And, and man, I was having to work overtime to try to stay with it. And I think I'm probably just too tired right now. Mm-hmm. And, and so I struggled at, to the point where I... I'm just going to freely admit this. I fell asleep because I was not because I was bored, 
So but because my brain was working so far over time to stay with it. And yeah. I, listen, I love a movie that's going to challenge you. This movie kicked my tuchus. <laughs> but I think it's worthwhile. I think, and I keep, I, I keep doing this. And once you see it, that will be hilarious too. Well, I've seen some shots on social media. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has been adorable in terms of being a cheerleader for this film. And uh, she keeps posting funny pictures of herself with yes. <laughs> Hot dog hands. Yeah, yeah, I gotta see that. <laughs> it's, it is absolutely uh, brilliant. I, I just can't think of another word for it. And it's absolutely worth watching. It's totally worth the $20 to rent it. I'm sure that on the big screen, it's that much better. But if I was overwhelmed watching it on our, you know, TV, I don't think I could have made it. I probably would have gotten way too far sick in person. So there, there is that, but so I highly, highly recommend that, but there's a long list of, uh, of things. We started a, a playlist, uh, because there are so many things that we are watching and there were a couple of things that I didn't include on the list, but right now we're watching, uh, Gaslit. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's the one with, uh, with, uh, Julia Roberts, right? Yes. Oh. Julia Roberts and Sean Penn and Sean, both of them are fabulous. And I am not the big, I don't dislike her, but I'm not like a Julia Robert, Roberts groupie mm. at all. She's so good in this. Mm. She's so really good in this. But Sean Penn is unrecognizable in the best possible way. Like you really believe that he is this guy. And uh, of course, I don't, I can't remember the names of all the characters because I was young enough during Watergate that it, you know, it's a memory, but it's not solidified for me. Right. Yeah. Same here. I kind of, I'm like, I, I should watch this to find out what happened because I, I don't really remember. It is fascinating and I'm really loving it. My, my husband is a little bit less in love with it than I am, but I'm, I'm absolutely loving watching it. I have no idea how it's all going to end up. Um, but, but I'm finding it, uh, really adorable. And you know what else I didn't talk about, um, here was, did you watch, uh, Life of Beth? No, I actually wanted to, cause I like Amy Schumer. Um, how was it? It was amazing. I think, it, I think it's the best thing that she's done. She's directing, writing and performing in it. And I think that's its biggest problem, mm. um, that she needed a director Mm -hmm. uh, or somebody, an AD who could stand up to her and say, no, Amy, you're doing too much there, mm -hmm. you know, because she certainly gets caught doing that many times where, where it's like, I mm, wish you could have just, you know, been there instead of trying to show us what you wanted to show us. But, uh, is it Michael Sia that, uh, is that the name of the actor? She's, it's based on her life. Mm. Uh, her real life and how she met her husband. And so Michael Sia is playing you know, the, the person representing her husband mm -hmm. and, yeah. and it's loosely based on her life, not completely, but he is wonderful for those of us who are in the know. Uh, we see that he clearly is portraying someone who is on the spectrum. Right. I know that that makes a lot of people uncomfortable because they're like, does he have a card? Can he prove that he has a diagnosis? Cause if he doesn't, he's not entitled to play that. I don't fully participate in that thinking. Um, while I encourage always that casting directors give first priority in making sure that people who actors who are on the spectrum have the opportunity to audition and be given the fair opportunity to audition, I'm all about casting who's ever best for the role. And sometimes that means you get a star who can sell tickets to the thing. Right. And that's just reality. And, and I participate in, in that reality. We can work on changing that reality, but that's, he is, I think, brilliant. I know people who have already diagnosed him because they want to make sure that they're okay with the fact that, that he's playing this role. So they're like, oh, come on, you know he's on the spectrum. And I'm like, how are you just diagnosing people <laughs> yeah. that you don't even know? Maybe he's a really good actor. Maybe he did all of his research. Maybe he spent time, but he's brilliant. And the script is funny and it's delightful. And my husband and I watched it and there were so many, it's shocking. There's se several things that are shocking about it that had us laughing really loudly out loud, uh, like caught off guard, that sort of thing when you go, Bwah! because oh, it's that, that level of fun. 
Oh, that's great. I watched, she did like a documentary of when she was pregnant and um, we ended, and that felt like that was early in the pandemic and we watched that and I, I just, you know, she's very, very like upfront, yeah. you know, like, you know, yeah. here's, here's who I am. And uh, so that, yep. I'll take a look at that one. That one sounds like a good one. So mm, lots really to good. I have Anything to- else on your list? We've got like two and a half minutes. Um, I can't think I did, I, you know, lots of true crime. Um, and, oh, uh, uh, Bridgerton, of course, we watched Bridgerton season two, delightful, lovely, beautiful costumes. Um, I'm there for it, you know, but, and, oh, and I want to see Downton Abbey, the new Downton Abbey. I love a period piece. Yeah. I want to see the new Downton Abbey. I didn't, I wasn't as in, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't as in love with Bridgerton. It wasn't quite the impact as the first one, but I just love being in that world. So I was happy. Me too. I love the costumes. I love that. I just felt like the storyline was a bit thin, that mm-hmm. what they had to overcome to be together, I kept going, why just be together? You know yeah. what I mean? I just didn't feel like there was enough holding them back. But right. um, I, I also want to see the Downton Abbey movie. I'm, I, I did not love the last one. You know, yeah, it was a, a little thin is a good word. I think it was a little thin, the previous one. But again, I think sometimes when things make so much money, um, they kind of can't not do another one. And um, that and Hacks has been so well received. And I feel like where season two ends, it could end. And I would be happy. Okay. But I have a feeling they're going to go to season three because it's been so well received. Okay. We got about 45 seconds. I'm going to really quickly tell you my Jean Smart story. So we, we really recently, uh, obviously uh, Ed Asner passed away and we love Ed and we were very lucky and felt very grateful to be invited to come to a memorial that SAG was having for him at the, um, the Skirball here in Los Angeles. And it was going to, you know, very small group of people outdoors invitation only. And, you know, somehow we got invited our family and we had the whole talk. I'm driving in the car with my husband and my son. And I said, there will be lots of celebrities there. This is a very solemn event. You will not be approaching any of them. You will not be talking to them. You will not, you know, act like a geek. You know, we're going to behave like real people and let people have their grief and be there and, you know, this is not a press the flesh kind of a thing. No conversations with celebrities. And I said, and I understand because I feel very strongly that Jean Smart will be there and I will not be going up to Jean Smart and talking to her. So I need for you guys to not, you know, for my son, don't go up to Clancy Brown. You can't be talking to him. And to my husband, you can't go up to Mike Farrell or Jackson Brown and, you know, have a conversation with them, keep it together. We arrive at the event and you have to show, this was a couple of months ago, you have to show your vaccination card and your driver's license. So I'm showing it to the security guard who is all business. She's mm-hmm. not letting anybody through. And I, and there's somebody that she was like, step to the side, step to the side to this woman. And, uh, and she was like, I'll deal with you in a minute, but step to the side. And the woman was like, are you really not going to let me in? I, I, I just, I have my, I, I have my vaccination card, but I don't have my ID with me. And she's like, I can't prove who you are. I, of course, am standing next to this woman. I turn and of course it's Jean Smart. And I, and I, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to break all the rules here. But I turned to the security guard and I was like, no, I can vouch for her. I know who she is. And so does everyone else in this building. Everyone in this building knows exactly who that woman is. I guarantee you, I know who she is. And the security guard says to me, I don't care if everyone, and I said, no, really, seriously, everyone knows who this woman is. And I, and I turned to her and I said, I'm really sorry. And she's like, no, thank you. I appreciate the help. And, and then, and the woman, the security guard was not going to let her in. And I, and, but she was like, she said to me, I could go in. And I turned to Jean Smart and I said, don't worry, stand right there. I'm going to go get somebody. They're going to let you in. Don't panic. And she was like, no, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I ran and I got people. And by that point, they had already let her in. But then Jean Smart came up to me later on and she said, I really want to thank you for trying to help me. And my husband was like, what happened to the not talking to Jean Smart? And I, and I was like, I cannot help it if I am called into service. Uh, I cannot. Um, 
But anyway, yes, I love, and I, you know, I've talked with Jean before. I, before her husband passed away, I had an opportunity to both huge autism supporters, by the way, and her husband, who was a great actor, great character actor, who just passed away like a year and a half ago while she was doing Hacks right. season one. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine. And, you know, she's having the this renaissance in her career, but it's got to be bittersweet because her they had been married. They were one of those Hollywood couples that had been married forever. Ever. Yeah, she mentioned him in her Golden Globe acceptance, I recall. And I just thought, oh, man, how... Because she said yeah. it had only been a few months or so. Like, yeah. And at that point, can I be honest? I didn't know that he had passed. I, I was a fan of his before I was a fan of hers. Mm-hmm. And um, because he was on the show um, Sisters that I loved, loved, loved. Oh. And um, and she was on Designing Women, which I wasn't watching at that time. I didn't know how brilliant it was until years after it was off the air. But um, and, and so when she won, which we were so happy and excited for, and she got up and I said, where's Richard? Where's Richard? Why aren't they showing Richard? And then when she said, oh, I just, I was devastated for her because yeah. it was one of those marriages. Just, yeah. Land. I'm just, uh, oh, get his name brilliant. Wow. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy. And if you look him up on IMDb, then you'll go, oh, I, I watched him on oh, this and I watched him on that. Yeah. I know exactly who he is. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, I was a big fan uh, of his, but um and he was a big fan of hers. He was one of those husbands that you could just tell when they were together that he adored the ground she walked on and that it was mutual. So anyway, that's my Gene Smart story. And now we've gone long. Get the hook. All right. Uh, Moira, this has been so enjoyable. Can we come back and do this again in July? I am. Um, I'm game if you are. I'm going to start watching some stuff right now. <laughs> All right. Well, and obviously we can't get through everything, but uh, I think it's fun. And hopefully you guys enjoyed hearing us talk about all, because now I have new things to watch because I can watch what Moira loved. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go do that this weekend. Yeah. So, and don't forget to go check out the TACA website, TACANow.org. And you can click on the conference tab to find out about that, but click on all the tabs, go down the rabbit hole, see all the things that there are to see. And if you need a scholarship, you're reaching out to Moira. Yep. All right. Uh, thank you so much for being with us, Moira. We are back uh, tomorrow with, uh, uh, we're showing another episode of Stories from the Spectrum that is all content by and for people who are neurodiverse. Uh, we are not doing a live show on Monday. We're, we're taking that off for Juneteenth uh, to commemorate Juneteenth. And then we will be back on Tuesday with Ask Dr. Doreen, maybe even in the studio, you guys. So Make sure that you tune in then. And then on Wednesday, we have an amazing woman, maybe uh, Mary, not maybe, uh, Mary Barbary. She is a BCBA and has her own podcast. She'll be with us on Wednesday. So that's sort of the lineup for next week. Uh, But until then, give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you too. Thank you so much, Moira. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye for now. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.